Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. First Samuel, the 30th chapter, the first verse, it says this. Three days later, David and his men arrived at the home of Ziglag. They found the, Amal the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziklag. And they crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. Tell somebody, that's worth fighting for. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. Now see, this, this was personal to David because two, David's two wives... Ahinam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all the men were very bitter at him about losing their sons and their daughters. I guess they didn't care about their wives. <laughs> Said his sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But look at this, y'all. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And then he said to Abiathar, the priest, he said, bring me the ephod. I want y'all to listen closely. He said, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it and when David, and then David asked to the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders and will I catch them? And the Lord told them, yes, go after them. And you will, you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Tell somebody it's worth fighting for. You may be seated. It is worth fighting for, people of God. I want you to leave this place. I'm going to speak in the next couple of minutes to remind you that it is worth fighting for. I don't know what your it is. God purposely had me to title that so that you can parenthetically insert the very thing that is most personable to you. For some people, it may be your career. Your career is worth fighting for. Some of you, uh, your marriage may seem like it's on the rocks. Tell somebody it's worth fighting for. The children that you raised from a baby and now they've got grown up and they seem to have, they have lost their everlasting mind. Is that striking a chord with anybody in this place? And the devil would want you to give them up. He would want you to stop declaring the word of the Lord and stop calling them a prophet and a prophetess to the nation and start declaring the words and, and stop telling them. He would want you to curse them with your mouth and say, boy, you ain't going to never be nothing. That's what he would want you to do. But today, my reminder to you is to keep fighting. Tell somebody, it's worth fighting for. We're going to talk about a, a, a three types of fighting, okay? 
you see, the world will tell us. Isn't this crazy that the world is going to try to tell us and put and put a stencil on our lives to tell us what, how we should act as Christians? The mold that they have for us is that we should be meek, humble, doormat, got welcome on our backs, take everything, don't ever speak up. You know, I ain't going to say nothing because I'm trying to keep the peace. Trying to keep the peace. When Jesus didn't say when he was given the Beatitudes, blessed is the peacekeeper. He said, blessed is the peacemaker. And sometimes to make some peace, you've got to confront some things. Tell somebody, don't be afraid to confront. They might get mad. That'd be okay. But the greater good... See, we should always follow after peace. And sometimes to follow after peace, sometimes you got to make some peace. That means sometimes I got to sit down and say, you know, what you did is not right. Your attitude is stank today. And I'm going to hold you accountable for what you're doing. Now, you may be mad right now, but, at the, for, but I'm, I'm playing this for the long-term game, not, not for your short-term pleasure. I'm, lo I'm looking out for your long-term good. And for that reason, I may have to ruffle your feather because I'm being a peacemaker. That's the one that's going to be blessed, not the peacekeeper. And so our objective is to go after what God has called us to do. And sometimes it's going to require that we're going to have to fight people of God. Right here in this scripture right here is, is talking about a time where David, they were off handling some other business of the kingdom. And the women and the children were left unguarded. And so the Amalekites came in. They burned their city down. But then they, they're going to taunt them. They're going to go to extra thing by taking their women and children. But I want you all to know that David was a skilled fighter. He came into prominence fighting. The first step of him going, stepping into kingship was when he killed a man named called, called Goliath. But nobody else would do it. Tell somebody he fought. But I want you to know this. Before he went to fight, there was no question as to whether he could fight and win. The first thing he did, he asked for the ephod. The ephod, and I should have got them to put a picture up. It's, it's a garment that they put on that has different colored gems on it, representing the tribes of Judah, uh, the, the, the tribes of the, of, of the kingdom of God and all those things. And what he did, he inquired of the Lord, Lord, is this worth fighting for? And you would say, his women and children, like, David, are you crazy? These are women and your children. And there are some things in our life that the devil wants us to be reactionary that when they touch that spot, we just go ham and we kicking over tables and we, we doing all this kind of stuff, being reactionary. But David, a man of skill, boy, it wasn't a question of could I win, but God, is this a fight worth fighting? Because David believed enough to say, God, you can make them bring them back to us. Is this something that I should pursue? And for those that are taking notes, in which I encourage everybody to, I want you to say, Lord, write it down. Say, Lord, is this fight a fight worth fighting? See, sometimes God wants us to stand still. Some 
enemy to blow out of your life. See, because David had this confidence, people of God, that no matter what was going on, the fact of the matter is, is that God allowed them to take him. God allowed the women and the children to be taken. The devil is not strong enough to come in and oppose his will and wreak havoc over the people of God's life if you are truly in his safety. And so David says, Lord, is it possible that you're going to allow me to go after them? Is it possible? I know I've got the ability. I know that you're my God. I know that everywhere I go, you, you're going to fight. You're going to fight for me and I'm going to win. But Lord, is this a battle that I should be fighting? So many times we are out here fighting battles, people of God. They are a waste of our time, our energy, our anointing, because it was not a fight that God ordained for us to fight. And meanwhile, we're going out here doing things and we're leaving the things that God has called us to guard, to build, to, to protect. All because we're fighting battles we should not be fighting. Are you fighting your grown children's battles? Hmm? Are you wrestling with the demons of your grandma and your granddaddy? Are you fighting battles that you should not be fighting? Because let me tell you something, people, God, like I say many times, the devil does not care about you being saved. He's got millions he's taking with him all the time. His next objective is to make you ineffective. He said, you know what? You may never turn back. You may go to heaven. You know what? That's fine. I'll make you ineffective so that you will never bring others into the kingdom of God. And so are we chasing waterfalls, trying to fight battles that we should not fight? Are we trying to bring people back into our lives that God sent away? See, even Abraham, he took his nephew with him in Genesis. He took it, he's like, man, I got this promise from, from God Jehovah that I just met. And I'm so happy. I want to bring my nephew along. Have you ever tried to bring people along that God didn't tell you? See, here's, I'm a real good friend. My wife tells me, sometimes you're too good a friend. If something's good to me, I'll call my person, hey man, you need to go check this out. You need to come with me. And I find out it ends up being strife and struggle because God called that for me. He didn't call me to put somebody in my back seat. And what will happen is you'll soon find out there'll be strife and struggle. But Abraham had to make a decision because there began to be strife among Lot's servants and Abraham's servants. He said, look, so there's peace among us. I want you to turn whatever direction you want and choose the land you're going to choose. Let us go in peace. Because he realized, he realized, people of God, that they could not dwell together with what God has called him to do. Why am I saying that? Some things... There's no point fighting over. But the things that are worth fighting for, once he got clearance from God, he said, Lord, should I go fight it? And is this a fight I can win?
And God assured him, not only am I giving you permission to fight it, but you shall surely recover all. Can I tell you something, people of God, that when you get the green light for God, he wants you to go to full, he wants you to go full speed ahead and go expecting to recover all. I remember when in the heyday of Mike Tyson, whenever Mike Tyson would come into the ring, he had already won. Because the men were shaking in their boots. He came in there, they had a robe on, black shorts, black shoes, did his neck, neck like that, looking like a bulldog, and would come over there. Them men, he would knock people out in 30 seconds because they were so terrified that they had already won. He walked in knowing that I'm about to win. Your training, your prayer, your preparation has to be such people of God that I don't know when I fight, when I'm going to fight. I just know that I'm going to fight. And when I fight, I shall win and I shall recover all. His faith wasn't so much in his ability to fight, but his faith was in his, pre his preparation for the fight. He had trained months for 30 seconds. You may train your whole life, people of God, for one moment. But just know in your moment, if you fully assured and have confidence, tell somebody you will win. I want you to turn with me to Joshua, the first chapter. The first verse. For the sake of time, we're going to start reading. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you, Joshua, to lead these people, the Israelites, across Jordan River to the land that I have given them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Moses, wherever your foot is set, uh, wherever your foot is set, you will be on the land that I have given to you. What is God saying? He said, the same anointing that is on your life, that is on Moses' life, I've put it on you. I've sanctioned you. The very things you've seen me do, I'm going to do it through you, and even to a greater degree, because I use Moses as a deliverer to take people out, but I'm going to use you to take my people in. And can I tell you something, people of God? We talked about this the other week, that this is about confidence. When you go into a fight, you have to know, I hope I get a good shot in. I hope I win. I hope I leave with victory. God is literally, he is literally infusing our confidence inside of his man of God because he said, I need you to have confidence because there are things that are going to oppose you. There are things that are going to, the devil is not going to let up territory easy, but you have to know that I am with you. And when I am with you, you cannot fail. Cannot fail. And we see this at the first city that they take. Turn with me to Joshua, the sixth chapter. This is awesome.
the sixth chapter, the 20th verse. This is after they had came to Jericho. They had just left the place. And Joshua was walking out and he saw an angel. And he asked the angel, he said, look, are you with us? He drew his sword. are you with us? Are you against us? And he said, oh, I'm with you. I'm from the Lord. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm the host of the armies of God. I'm with you. Tell somebody he's with you. And so their first conquest was to come to a city called Jericho that was well fortified. Jericho was such a big and large fortified city that they could ride chariots on top of the wall. You mean they had to be very wide. It wasn't just wide enough for the thing. It was so thick and fortified. And so God gave them specific instructions. Tell somebody instructions. It's important that we listen to the instructions of God. He told them, I want you to walk around the wall, the city, one time each day. Say nothing. Say nothing. This wall look crazy. They, they looking over the wall and say, what are these nutty Israelites doing? Tell, tell somebody they walked and said nothing. But he said, on the eighth day, I want you to walk around it seven times. And I want you to give such a shout. I want you to get every tambourine. I want you to get every drum. I want you to get every instrument you have along with your voice. And I want you to shout. I want you to shout. Tell somebody when he releases you, you need to shout. At 20, it says this. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it came to pass. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Tell somebody, and they took the city. Here is the part, people of God, where folks stop and they start celebrating. They start celebrating. I mean, I've seen people do walk around stuff and yell. And, 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 and I'm not saying people that God didn't call people to do it. And that's fine. And, and, there, and there is a blessing in obedience in doing what God called you to do. And tell somebody, and the walls will come down. But guess what? It is not recorded that when the walls came down, they were standing up there with their hands up. Look at the next verse right here, 21. It says, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox, sheep, as with the edge of the sword. What am I saying? I'm saying that even though God allowed the walls to fall, they still had to fight. What did, what did God bring the wall down? It gave them access to battle. Sometimes the favor of God, and how many of you thank God for his favor? How many of you expecting? Come on, come on, wave that hand high. Favor will put you in places that you're going to have to fight. So you have to understand that when they shouted down, it was the miraculous power. Now God, God could allow the walls to fall all on the men and it could have crushed them and they could have walked in and just picked up all the spoils. But no, no, no. God said, I, he, he told Joshua at the, at the beginning, he said, I have given you the land. Another translation says, I have given you the land to possess it. Meaning I've already given it to you, but you got to walk out your part. And there are going to be giants in the land. And there are going to be people that are going to oppose you. You're going to have to fight. So God's favor, God's anointing, God's miracle work.
working power, it will elevate you. But how many know when you go to a new level, you, you meet new devils? You think if God's elevated you, he's going to keep coming at you with imps. With the little foxes that just never let your ankles. No. He's going to send his biggest, his baddest, his most drool-dropping devil that he's got. To whom much is given, people of God, much is required. See, we want all this elevation. We want all the great, all the great uh, businesses and all the great uh, platforms. But when we get at that level, it then takes a greater fight for what he's given you access for. What about this, people of God? We talked about David. When David was serving his brothers and he saw Goliath, he saw Goliath and it disturbed him in his spirit. And he told them, he said, man, what is this dude up here? Cursing God, our God like this. I mean, he's Goliath, David, man, you, this serve lunch and go home. It disturbed him to a point. He said, what's going to happen to the man who defeats him? He said, well, you're going to find favor with the king and you're going to be able to marry his daughter. He said, okay, that's worth fighting for. You know, David loved women. <laughs> and they said, David, man, you don't know. He said, look, let me tell you something. I may look like a little Rudy boy. That's why I like David. But they underestimate him. I'm a Rudy little guy. They underestimate too. That's good. That's fine. He said, look, let me tell you something. While I was faithful tending my father's sheep, a bear came and got my, my dad's sheep. I'm so faithful. I'm so relentless. I'm such a good fighter for what I believe in. I chased that bear down. I ripped him up with my bare hands and I got my daddy's property back. Then after that, a lion came and did the same thing. You know what David was doing? He was telling him his resume of resistance. And the truth of the matter is, people of God, you've got a resume of resistance too. That's what the devil's job is, to oppose you. But I want you to write this down. Your current strength is a result of your past resistance. Say it again. Your current strength, the strength that you currently have, it's a result of your past resistance. I need somebody who's kind of spelt. Kind of, is Brother G out there? Oh, he gone with the baby. Who's, who's somebody can't believe uh, Brother Thomas, come here, come here for a second. Brother Michael Thomas. <laughs> Y'all give a hand for Brother Thomas. Come on up, man of God. God bless you, sir. Y'all see Brother Thomas? I'm going to take off my, my jacket so y'all can see all this great physique right here. Now, it's safe to say, it's safe to say that we got different physiques, right? 
guess what? I've got the same amount of muscle. No, we, we, not that muscle. We've got the same amount of muscles. I got just, I got, I guess a bicep under here somewhere. A tricep under here. Pectoral muscles, all this stuff. We were born with all the same muscles, bones, tendons. You know, some people born with an extra toe or something like that. But we, everybody's generally born with the same stuff, right? Do you not know that the only way that muscle grows is if it has resistance? I'm going to say that again. The only way muscles grow, that's the reason people go into the gym, is because they are lifting more weight than what, is, than what they weigh and everything else is because they are steady building resistance. And as a result, the muscle grows, it tears, and it grows, it enlarges as a result of resistance. And so you can clearly see that somebody's been doing a little more lifting than somebody else. But can I tell you people of God that the resistance that you've been having for years and for years has been building your strength for the moment when you were most needed. And that's the reason, that's the reason David was saying, this guy ain't nothing because I fought bigger devils than him. I fought bigger things that opposed me more than him and this uncircumcised devil is going to serve the same is going to have the same fate as the lion and the bear all because I built up my muscle by the resistance so when, when, when things are opposing us when God when God elevates you thank you so much brother y'all give him a hand when, 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 when the devil is opposing you when God puts you in new arenas when God puts you in new spheres when God puts you in new elevations and people start opposing you just look and say God you got me in the gym you are working my muscle out you are getting me ready for my moment because when my moment comes God no devil can oppose me no devil can stop me. Nothing can stop the will of God all because I've been getting my resistance. Oh, somebody do like this. That, so look, look, keep doing like that. What, what the devil has been opposing you, it is doing nothing but, but, but raising up your strength. It's been raising up your strength for your moment. So don't, so don't be glad. See, now I understand. It said rejoice when you fall into diverse temptations. When men scandalize your name. When people close doors in your face. It is building up your muscle, people of God. Somebody say thank the Lord for resistance. It takes a mature person to say that. Because see, in, in, in our easy bake oven version of Christianity, we want to declare something and see it pop open. Like Simon says. Like we just do a little wand and stuff this open up. But no, people of God, everything's not going to come that easy. Now, there are miraculous moments where God will do something in the moment in the twinkling of the eye. But I'm telling you, the majority of the time is going to be something that you're going to have to fight for. But let your past resistance be the fuel for your current strength. The last thing I want to share with you, people of God. Yeah, we have internal wars. 
have external wars a war and a fight of recovery somebody say you can recover all you're going to have a fight of possession well God's going to give you access to something but you're going to have to fight to possess it God said I've done all I can do I made the walls fall but you got to go fight and the last thing is the internal fight write this down the greatest war that you will ever wage is the war within that's the greatest fight you're ever going to have Paul said it like this the good that I would do I don't do because evil is always present all saints should say there's a war going on in my members talk about that that the flesh wars after the spirit there is a constant war there is no greater war that will ever be in your life there is no greater battle than the battle within because people of God when we become saved our spirits are saved spiritual beings in physical bodies and we're living a physical experience and so from the moment that we become saved the fight begins we are fighting every day to kill this flesh to keep our mind from flying off and thinking something crazy the devil's constantly throwing thoughts in our mind. You're never going to be some. Why don't you kill yourself? Why don't you just get the divorce? Why don't you, why don't you uh, put some money aside? You'll get away money just in case. The devil give us all kinds. Am I telling the truth in this place? The devil would give us all kinds of ideas that are counter. Tell somebody, there's a war going on. There's a war going on. Don't see a gun. Don't see a tank. Don't see a bayonet. Don't see a bomb dropping. But do know that in your mind, there is a battle going on. For the territory of your thought life, for the territory of your soul, there is a battle going on, and it, and it, it depends on our decisions that we make, whose plan, either God's plan or the enemy's plan. If God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you, but guess what? If God got plans, guess what? The devil got plans too. He's a counterfeit. If God says up, he's going to say down. And, I, and the decisions that we make, people of God, are going are gonna to align with either God's plans or the enemy's plans. But there was a fight going on. Turn with me to Genesis 33. We're going to get out in the next few minutes. This is the part of Genesis where we're de well, it's dealing with Jacob. Where Jacob has been on the run for years. Let me explain to you a little bit about Jacob. Jacob, while he was the rightful owner of the blessing from his father, he did a crooked thing to get it. He conspired with his mother to dress up, put some wool clothes on, and, and rub some blood and some stuff to smell like his brother Esau, who was a hunter. 
And Isaac, Isaac was about to die and his eyes were dim and he could not see who it was. And so he tricked his father into giving him the blessing. And then, it, then later on he tricked his brother because he was hungry to get the birthright. Which is the first right to all property. Then he had the blessing. And so even though he was crooked to get it, even Isaac say, I can't give it back because I've already given it. But even though he had the blessing, he was on the run. And that's the way it was with many of us people of God. We're blessed by God, but we're on the run. There was no reason for Jacob to be on the run like that. He was a whole other blessing of God. That meant that everything he did, even when he, even when his, even when Laban, uh, his uncle, tricked him. Laban didn't want him to go because even when he was still on the run, all of his livestock and all of his servants were prospering. So, 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 and, and, and I want to clear this up for people because people think just because good, good things are happening in my life, I must be in total peace and total alignment with God. Let me tell you, some things are coming in your life because grandmama prayed it on you. Some things is that just out of God's mercy, God is not letting you be destroyed and you're walking in somebody else's blessing that you really don't even qualify for. Tell somebody, tell somebody raise your hand and say, thank the Lord for the blessing. So people want to equate money in the bank, reasonable portion of health and strength, good job with a corner office to mean I'm in alignment with God. Let me tell you something. Some of the richest people that have no, no, no want for anything are in the most miserable state, people of God, because they are out of alignment with what God called them to do. See, this world system would tell us that money equals happiness. It doesn't. Then if I could just get married, that'll fix it. Honey, let me tell you, if you were miserable single, you're going to be miserable married. Okay. Nothing is a panacea. Nothing fixes anything. You're going to have to fight. Love that woman. This end of this month, we'll be married 17 years. Am I right? 16. Well, I gave us an extra. We're on our way. to stay in love with her. With all the stuff going on and children got to run them to run them to soccer practice and run them to cross country and run them to dance and run them here over the church. If, if I don't fight to stay in love with this woman, she'll end up being a roommate. And that's what happens. That's what happens. Children grow up and there's nothing holding you together. You'd be surprised the number of people that get divorced when they get in their 50s when the kids leave. Because they're sitting across from a stranger. All we ever did is run kids to practice and go on field trips and go and do, uh, do PTA. And we never stay connected to each other. I never stopped. I, I, I stopped dating you. This is a little free advice for the married couples. Never stop dating. We keep them apple of it. I gotta got be, got be better about it because I get obsessed with doing work, just doing stuff. But you gotta fight. To the minute you close your eyes and you breathe your final breath, you're gonna always be a parent to them children. Yeah. 
ain't saying have them, let, let, let them have you up at night worrying, but you better say something to fight. You got to say it to them. Remember I got out of college, I did, about to get out of college, I temporarily lost my mind. My mama didn't say a thing. Didn't say a thing. But I knew. You said, God fixed this. My son got too, too, too much of a future ahead of him. God fix it. And God pulled me by the ear. She didn't say, boy, you know you wrong, and boy, you doing it. No, she didn't say a thing. So see, sometimes it's not, it's not the fight that you're fighting. It's how you're fighting. Well, God said, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but it's principalities. It's rulers, in high, in the, uh, rulers of darkness in high places. It's a spirit behind what's making people do what they do. If I pop you up in your eye, that ain't going to do nothing. I feel good for a moment but they ain't gonna do nothing because it's the spirit that's driving them to do that it's the spirit that's driving them people on the job it's the spirit that's driving your children to act crazy it's the spirit that's, that's making your husband not want to come home it's the spirit I said it's time to fight you need to determine whether it's worth fighting for and if it's worth fighting for soldier get ready Get yourself on. Study the field. Study the enemy. Know his tactics. And when God releases you, it's time to fight. But I digress. Genesis 33 and 22 says this. Jacob, Jacob had come to the point where he had heard his brother Esau was nearby. And he said, he said, oh, whew. I want to reconcile, I want to go home, but I know my brother's still mad at me. He said, so I'm going to send some stuff ahead. I'm going to send some stuff ahead to try to get favor with my brother. See, Jacob was still trying to be a trickster. He said, if I send him enough stuff from the blessing that I stole from him, then maybe he won't kill me. Because the last time he saw his brother, he was running from his brother because his brother was trying to kill him. And he heard his brother was nearby. And he sent all this stuff so he, so he wouldn't get in trouble. 22 says this. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servants' wives and 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. He left, this left Jacob alone in the camp. Somebody say alone in the camp. It left Jacob alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. God, I, I'm going to break this nugget open just real quick, then we're going to go. After all Jacob had acquired, all the wives, all the camels, all the sheep, all the riches, when it came down to it, he was all alone. Out of all you acquired, acquired out of all you aspire to be, When eternity rings, we're going to be all alone, y'all. So many times we make decisions upon, based upon other people. What people going to think, what people going to say, how people going to react. That if I say this, people going to be mad with me and I don't want anybody mad with me. But at the end of the day, 
he was alone with his thoughts, with his fear, with his apprehension. And it's the same thing with us, y'all. We have to work out our own soul salvation with fear and tremble before the Lord. Nobody can pray it for you. Nobody can make a decision for you. Nobody can fight the enemy for you. And, and when it comes down, when the rubber meets the road, it's going to be you and you alone. You're going to have to fight your fight. People that have gotten in ungodly relationships, you can't say, well, my pastor said I don't need to be with you no more. Though no, you got to face that devil. You got to get in the ring and wrestle with the, you got you to get in there and wrestle with that thing. You don't want to say, God, it's me that's standing in the need of prayer. I was the one that walked away. I was the one that, that lost my faith in you. I was the one that let the devil get in my ear and, 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 and nullify my faith and put fear in it. You're going to have to walk that walk. Nobody can do it for you. But the word of God says that he began to wrestle with a man. Some call it an angel, but ultimately it was with God. And the angel began to say, please let go because day is about to break and I, you cannot see me. But Jacob perceived that this was a moment. And he said, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he literally, he literally fought and wrestled with God. It says, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hooking and cricking my way through life. I'm tired of being known as Jacob the trickster and the supplanter. See, that's what his name meant. I am tired of my own existence and if, if I don't get a change right now, I might as well be dead. He was so determined that the angel touched his hip and his hip got out of socket and he still would not let go. Can I tell you something that's going to mess with your religious mind? Some of you have been in a place where you have not fought for your recovery. See, that's what David and them were doing. He said, God, do I need to fight for this recovery? Are you going to bring it back? Are you going to give, give me more than that? Somebody say recovery. The first fight is a fight of recovery. Some of us need to go and recover some things that the enemy has stolen. And God has already prepared the way, people of God, that when you go to recover, you're going to bring it back into your camp and it's going to be better than new. Somebody say recovery. The second fight is a fight of possession that I've given you access, but you're going to have to fight that enemy. You're going to have to fight the powers that be to go in and possess the land that I already said that I've already given you. In this last fight, people of God, it's an internal fight. It's an internal fight. A fight to change. A fight to shift because Jacob was tired. He didn't know how he was going to bless him. He said, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. 
And then the angel asked him, what is your name? See, you got to understand, it ain't names like we call name Bud, Jan, Philip, Bill. When somebody had a name back there, it was their very existence. It, you know, it, it, it charted the course of everything in their life in their name. Somebody say a name. Literally, your name was your nature. And he asked him, by asking him what was his name, he said, what is your nature? He said, my name is Jacob. I'm a supplanter. I'm a rouseabout. I'm a trickster. He said, I'm not going to let go until you give me what I demand, which is a blessing. Now, you would think he's a holder of the blessing. See, that's proof right there, people of God, that you can, you can, be, you can be living in the favor of God and still not be blessed. You can have access but not walk in the full measure of it. And he said, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. And you would think that, well, you bless your whole, I bless you, I put your hip back together. But then the angel said, he said later on, he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but I'm going to call you Israel. It means that I'm literally going to change your nature. I am literally changing your nature. And see, here's the thing. He changed his nature and people of God, the changing of his shit, that he no longer had to live with the penalty of being a trickster, of being, he no longer had to live with the penalty of his past, his past mistakes, his past issues, his past proclivities, the wrongs that he did, the way that he stole and he, he tricked people. And see, and, and, and maybe you didn't steal, but maybe you were promiscuous in your past. And maybe you used to be a gangbanger. And maybe you, maybe you used to smoke crack. Maybe you used to do all these things. Maybe you used to be the town whore. I don't care what you were. But God said, if you're willing to fight, say, God, I'm not going to let go until you change my nature. I'm going to stay here on the altar. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep holding on until you change this nature. Because I'm tired of the way that I'm living. You call me, even though I'm blessed, even though I'm walking in favor. God, I'm not walking in the full measure of what you called me to be. won't let go until you bless me not knowing he said any way you bless me God I'm satisfied but I know that the blessing is attached to me hold it on that's the problem some of us the resistance has been too has, has, has been too has been too fierce life has hurt us and wounded our hip. So now we're walking with a limp. And say, so you know what? I'll stop right here. It's okay that I got the blessing. It's okay even if I got it wrong and I'm not walking in the full measure. But God said, no, are you willing to wrestle with me? I, I, I want to give it to you, but I want to see how bad do you want it. Are you willing to wrestle with me? I ain't saying, I ain't say fight against God, but say, God, I'm not letting you go until you change my nature. I'm not letting you go until you take this evil thoughts out of my mind.
need you to empower me with what I need to do what you called me to do. Everybody's standing. Tell somebody, I won't let go. Tell somebody, I won't let go. The angel said, what is your name? He replied, Jacob. He said, your name will no longer, your nature will no longer be that of Jacob. But from now on, you will be called Israel because you fought with God and with men and have won. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name, Jacob said. He said, why do you want me to, why do you want to know my name? Then he blessed Jacob there. The blessing was the change of his nature. God wants to use you like you are, but he won't leave you like you are. He said, come on, come on, come on, tell me the way you are. But after you finish encountering me, you won't remain how you are. If you're willing to fight, I just need to, I need to see, see anything you fight to get, you're going to fight the king. See, that's the reason people can let folk walk in and out of their lives so cavalier, like, like, you know, like it's a turnstile, because it costs me nothing to have you in my life. But anything that you bled, you sweat, you die for, that's the reason mamas will keep believing in the children and the daddies will say, man, get out of here. You get on my nerves and say, no, I carry this baby for line, nine long. My mama carried me for 10. But I carry you for so many months. I bled and torn and all this stuff and I'm not going to give up. How many of your life have you bled too much? You cried too many tears over it and to, to give up on it? Testify to somebody say, I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. You, you, you might as well get a cup of coffee and let's get ready to sit down because I ain't going nowhere until you change my nature. God said, you got to fight. Tell somebody beside you, fight, fight. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.